0: Save me, O oh, oh God, for the waters have come up to my head. I, I see sing-
1: Old Testament reading from the prophet Isaiah the 50th chapter the Lord has given me the tongue of those who are taught that I may know how to sustain with the word him that is weary morning by morning he wakens he wakens my ear to hear as those who are taught the Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious I turned not backward I gave my back to the smiters And my cheeks to those who pulled out the beard. And I hid not my face from shame and spitting. For the Lord God helps me. Therefore I have not been confounded. Therefore I have set my face like a flint. And I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who is my adversary? Let him come near unto me. Behold, the Lord God helps me, who will declare me guilty. Behold, all of them will wear out like a garment, and the moth will eat them up. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. The Passion History Reading of Our Lord from the Gospel of St. Matthew. Then those who had seized Jesus led him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders had gathered. But Peter followed him at a distance, as far as the courtyard of the high priest, and going inside he sat with the guards to see the end. And now the chief priests and the whole council sought false testimony against Jesus that they might put him to death, but they found none, though many false witnesses came forward. At last, two came forward and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. And the high priest stood up and said, Have you no answer to make? Was it that these men testify against you? But Jesus was silent. And the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said to him, You have said so. But I tell you, hereafter, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes, and he said, He has uttered blasphemy. Why do we still need witnesses? You have now heard his blasphemy. What is your judgment? And they answered, He deserves death. And then they spat in his face, and they struck him and more slapped him saying, Prophesy to us, you Christ, who is it that struck you? Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and a maid came up to him and said, You also were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you mean. And when he went out to the porch, another maid saw him, and she said to the bystanders, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied it with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly you are also one of them, for your accent betrays you. And then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately the cock crowed. And Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, Before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out, and he wept bitterly. And when morning came, all of the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And they bound him, and they led him away, and they delivered him to Pilate the governor. When Judas, his betrayer, saw that he was condemned, he repented and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and to the elders, saying, I have sinned in betraying innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See to it yourself. Throwing down the pieces of silver in the temple, he departed, and he went out and hanged himself. But the chief priests, taking the pieces of silver, said, It is not lawful to put them into the treasury, since they are blood money. And so they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Therefore that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then was fulfilled what had been spoken by the prophet Jeremiah saying, and they took the 30 pieces of silver, the price of him on whom the price had been set by some of the sons of Israel, and they gave them for the potter's field as the Lord directed me. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks
2: Thanks be to God.
0: Deliver me, O Lord my God, for you are the God of my salvation.
3: Friends and our Lord, where deep for us the spear was dyed, life's torrent, rushing from his side, to wash us in the precious flood, where flowed the water and the blood. So these are the words that we just sang in the second verse of our sermon hymn, the rather vivid words, to be sure. In fact, they quite fill some of our senses, don't they? The sight of a spear dyed by crimson blood as it's removed from deep within the victim, the sound of the, quote, uh, torrent rushing from his side, imagining ourselves as close to the foot of the cross as somewhere we can almost feel, can't we? Feel ourselves being sprinkled by the water and the blood that issued forth from his side into the open air on that Jerusalem hillside. Surely the picture that we behold in our minds, it's worth to us far more than a thousand words, For these four short lines of verse contain for us an entire theology. During this Lenten season, we've been guided in our meditation of the the crucifixion, the death, the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ by his precious wounds. The wounds of our Lord Jesus Christ, his holy hands we've considered, his nail-pierced feet. These we've considered thus far. Tonight, we turn our attention to that pierced side of our dear Lord the pierced side of our Lord. Now, this particular wound of our Lord, it's rather unique. It's unique for a couple of reasons. The first, this is the only one of his wounds recorded for us that his holy body sustained after he had given up his spirit to his Father and died post mortem. The issue of the water and the blood remains certifiable testimony that Jesus Christ had, in fact, died. But it's unique in this sense also because the infliction of this wound is recorded only by St. John. Only by St. John. Why? Because he was the only one of the apostles there at Jesus' side to witness it all. In this most unsettling time, all the others had sought their security in the shadows. In the shadows and far away from Christ's side, not there below his cross. But John was there. John was there and and being an eyewitness to it all, this is what he wrote. He wrote, The soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and and of the other who were, were crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and immediately blood and water came out. Consider John's heartache. His heartache as he beheld the sights of Jesus being lanced as he heard the sounds. As he would possibly felt that spray. Issuing forth from his Lord's side. Wasn't it only hours before that John had been reclining at table with his Lord there. Celebrating the Passover with him. In fact John reports in his account of the gospel. That he'd been right there at his side reclining at table with him. And now behold, less than 24 hours have come and gone and the Lord of life is dead. And his life blood is draining from that precious side. Or consider also the heartbreak of Jesus' mother, who with John stood there at, at her son's nail-pierced feet. She was seeing the same sights, hearing the same sounds very possibly feeling the, the same things that John did, standing there in full view of his pierced side. I can imagine that it must have seemed to her not so very long ago that she, she had held her, her dear son, then an infant very close to her side. Now seeing his arms outstretched on the cross, perhaps it quickly took her back to a time when she used to greet him Arms outstretched, and then embrace his little infant, his little toddler frame as he came running to her. Maybe then she recollected that holy night in Bethlehem when she first cradled him close to her side. Perhaps she then recalled bearing that little child at the temple to be circumcised, to be presented there, which perhaps could have brought to mind one of the first times then that her little son left her side when she handed her newborn boy over to that prophet, Simeon, who was there waiting for him in the temple, whose eyes, according to the Lord's promise, saw in that boy the salvation that God had prepared for all people. And then I can imagine that all at once, those long ago spoken words of Simeon, that prophet must have echoed throughout all the chambers of her mind and deep down into her heart when she recalled what he told her then. He told her, Behold this child, is destined for the fall and the rising of many in Israel. And yes, he said, a sword will pierce through your heart also. And how it must have pierced her to see it all there now come to pass. But as I said, so many didn't see it. So many didn't see it. They didn't see it because they weren't there. When it appeared that the situation was well out of control, They sought refuge not at the Lord's side, not at his cross, but elsewhere, everywhere else. And friends, I'm afraid that as we consider our own tendencies, I don't think we can say that we do much better than the way that the disciples tended. Of course, the situations aren't the same, but the doubt is the same. The doubt fostered by our situations, it's the same. Whether it's as we consider our health or our wealth, perhaps as we contemplate the security of things in the workplace, in the workplace especially these days, or the stability of things at home, whether desperate prayers, those for ourselves, those for others, seem to go and and to be returned unanswered, not to be returned at all. Our natural tendency when we get, when we we sense in life that things are beyond our, our control, Our natural tendency is to seek refuge in all other places but at Christ's side. Fear over faith gets the the better of us, just as it did for Peter. Peter, one minute our confession is as bold, as bold as his insisting that we'll be at the Lord's side, come what may, Lord. Even if all others forsake you, he said, you can count on me. Even if all others forsake you, Lord. Even unto death, I'll be there at your side. And then so soon, we're acting as as if we never even knew him, carrying on in the courtyards of life, as if there were never ever any security in being known by him. And sometimes fear gets the very best of us, just like it did Judas. And we tumble headlong into despair, refusing to believe Refusing to believe, refusing to see despite appearances that our Lord is most certainly in control and orchestrating and working together all things for our ultimate and our eternal good. He is. He most certainly is, just as he was even there fixed to the cross, even in our day today, he most certainly is working all things together for our good. But as I say, just as he was there fixed to the beams of the cross, For even there, with his dying breath, our Lord attended to the welfare of his heartbroken mother, committing her to the care of his heavy-hearted disciple. A loving son was he, honoring his mother. But with this he was doing infinitely more. For just as a man shall leave his father and his mother And cling to his wife. And the two shall be one flesh. So you see it was there on the cross. That Christ the bridegroom. Having left his heavenly father. And now having left his mother. In the care of his disciple. John. Our Lord Jesus there bound himself. To his bride. The church. From his side. Would her life be drawn. Just as it was. For the very first bride. Eve. Recall. It was as the first Adam was in his deep sleep that the Lord removed from his side that which would give life to Adam's bride. In the very same way, so it was that when the Christ, the second Adam, fell into the deep sleep of his death, that God, by the agency of a soldier's spear, brought forth from the side of his son that which would give life to Christ's bride, his church. You see, as the spear was thrust in, ensuring death, water and blood flowed out. His water, His blood flowed out, ensuring to us life. Life in the water baptismal, life in the blood sacramental at His Holy Supper. There's a beautiful saying that comes down to us from the Christian Church of Antiquity, and it goes like this. From the side of Jesus, as from the open doors of life, have flowed forth the holy sacraments of the church. Beautiful saying. And the church has been confessing this throughout the ages, both in in its sights and in its sounds. Right here, in our own place of worship right here, that, that blood and water sacramental truth is so beautifully depicted right there in our crucifixion window that crucifixion window in the early morning hours with the rising sun behind it, behind that window, the the artistic expression, so thoroughly thought out and planned by those informing the artist of the window and masterfully crafted into the window by him. It's brilliant, it's vibrant with the morning sun behind it in that faceted glass. Then in the morning, maybe even more so than in, in any other part of the day, it's clear to see what the artist and the committee had worked so carefully together to portray. You see, from the side of the, of the figure of the Christ in that window, a bright and a vibrant blue, together with a deep crimson, runs in a loosely braided fashion down the lower vertical beam of the cross. Together, though they're together, the bright blue and the deep crimson, they never do mingle. And then at the foot of the cross, the bright blue, representing the water from Christ's side, it cascades off into one direction where it seamlessly continues into the image of a baptismal tide and it's accented by the the scriptural phrase baptized into his death linked to Christ by our baptism into his death the, the deep red from the cross representing the blood of Christ streams down at the foot of the cross off into the other direction cascading downward until it finds its way to the communion chalice and next to the chalice the words of our lord given and shed for you. Beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful to see how very much in control our loving Lord is. Making life out of death. Making life out of death. You see, even in the mechanical and thoughtless act of a soldier carrying out his given orders, the God of the universe, the Lord of every minute of life, was carrying out that which he had ordered and which he had ordained from all eternity. Christ was pierced for us, indeed for the whole world. Pierced for us on the cross, the fruits of his crucifixion now delivered to us. Through these sacraments of water and of blood, wherever in the world is water and blood in sacrament flows. For it's by His design that until the, the last day, they themselves, the water and the blood, they testify of Christ and of His work. It's not my own invention, this, this thought. It's You know who, who wrote it? It's the word of the Apostle who witnessed it all happen. John. John, in his epistle, by inspiration of the Spirit, writes this. He says, this is He who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not by water only but by water and blood. And there are three, he says, that bear witness on earth. The spirit in the preached in the red word, the water in baptism, the blood in the Lord's Supper. And he says, these three agree. These three agree as they testify of the work of Christ. Finally tonight, friends, consider this. Consider how that wound still today preaches to us some 2,000 years now after it was first inflicted. As you consider that wound in his side, know this, that just as it did for the sake of doubting Thomas, that spear mark in his side, it remains in his side for you and for me. For doubters all, it remains for you and for me like it did for Thomas so that every time you feel doubt creeping in, you feel fear overcoming. Then in his word here, the resurrected and triumphant Christ, say it clearly to you. He says, reach your hand in here, you who doubt. Reach your hand in here and put it into my side and be not unbelieving, but believing. And then in faith, lunge into his side. No, not with your hand, but by daily recalling the grace-filled water that flowed once from his side. And now over your whole life in baptism. Lunge into his side by receiving the blood that flowed from his side and is now poured into the mouths and the hearts of his own in that holy supper. The pierced side of our Lord Jesus Christ. There is no safer refuge that we here find. In his blessed and his holy name, amen.
1: present merciful God and protect us through the hours of this night so that we who are wearied by the changes and the chances of life may find our rest in you through Jesus Christ our Lord guide Guide us O Lord Lord, while waking and guard us us while sleeping that awake we may watch with Christ and asleep we may rest in peace eternal God the hours both of day and night are yours and to you the darkness is no threat. Be present, we pray, with those who labor in these hours of night, especially those who watch and work on behalf of others, especially tonight. Do we pray for those attending to the needs of our brother in Christ, Don James, that they may be the instruments of your will in his life. Grant them diligence in their watching, faithfulness in their service, courage in danger, competence in emergencies. Help them to meet the needs of others with confidence and compassion through Jesus Christ our Lord. Guide us, O Lord, while waking, and guard us while sleeping, that awake we may watch with Christ, and asleep we may rest in peace. Abide with us, O Lord, for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. Abide with us and with your whole church. Abide with us at the end of the day, at the end of our life, at the end of the world abide with us with your grace and goodness with your holy word and sacraments with your strength and blessing abide with us when the night of affliction and temptation comes upon us and the night of fear and despair the night when death draws near abide with us and with all the faithful now and forever guide us o lord while waking and guard us while sleeping that awake we may watch with christ but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. O gracious heavenly father, you did once offer your only begotten son that by his wounds we would be healed. We ask that you keep our eyes fixed on our Lord Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross May we ever recognize in his precious wounds our refuge from all guilt, the forgiveness of all sin, and the promise of life everlasting. Amen. The Almighty and most merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be in divide with you all.
0: Amen. Amen.